parties they go to. They one of our best friends' sons has an egg allergy, and if it sneaks into like batter or something every once in a while, he just yerps all over dinner tables and shit. Go ahead, Jordan. Oh, really? <laughs> see, she did, but she's been over that for over a year now. The no. good thing is, it's only, it's just skin. It's like rat. You know, it's yeah. not. I'm not worried about anaphylactic. You know, I'm not yeah. worried about death. Yeah, but it is an irritant. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. So, like, you know, they they go and they have pizza or something. She can't. You got to bring her own stuff. So uh -huh. next week, hopefully. The thing is, though, I got to these challenges, these dairy challenges, because we did one for the eggs. It's wild. Something something's going on in this world because when I grew up, none of this shit existed. Like, sure, there was the weirdo with the peanut allergy, but the the but like this stuff did not happen. You know what I mean? The, this stuff didn't happen. And now I got a lot of friends, kids, and, and so many of them are like, oh, my kid's allergic to this. My kid's allergic to this. This this wasn't, the, when I grew up, I think like, it's soft parents. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. All right, that's just my guess. It's, from what I'm saying, I'm a, N equals one here for me, but I'm only hearing it from you. So it all makes sense. Furthest thing from that, brother. Listen, I told my wife, I was like, I'm doing the challenge at home. She's like, what? Like, I'm doing the challenge. I, I can run this challenge because you got to go into the allergist and sit in there for like three and a half hours. It's crazy. I was wow, like, oh. she just eats like a slice of pizza? Exactly. But over time. Oh. So like a little bit and then you wait and then a little bit and then you wait. So I was like, let me do this. Mind you, I've been sneaking dairy to her for like eight months now. But you're just edging cheese. <laughs> But yeah, but, but like small amounts. She knows. She knows. Um, but the, the, the that's different than like a legitimate, like full slice of American cheese or something like that. Yeah. So I'm hoping, man, if she passes, I'm taking her somewhere to get ice cream. And she'll have, you know, the thing she'll have no idea, right? She'll have no yeah. clue that like now she's not allergic. She'll never remember this. No. It'd be a pretty good mo moment for me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that guy's probably really annoying for you guys. It's exactly right, dude. Also, I feel bad for I'm telling you, you have a kid that, you know, she's three in March, but a kid that I pick her up from daycare and she looks at me and she's like, Daddy, I couldn't have any of the cupcakes today. My teachers told me, I'm telling you right now, that'll hurt your heart. brother." That sucks. You just want to go out and find like whatever snack that fits that profile. And you're just like, you can have as many of these as you want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it sucks, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? Enough about me. Nobody cares. But we were we had to we had to follow f conclude this conversation. It is done. Welcome to the stochastic.com NBA strategy show. Hanging out on a Monday morning. A little 11 game action today. Oof. Yeah, big slate. They chopped yeah. off one game. Uh when I saw when I looked at the schedule, yes, I saw 12, but yeah. I didn't look at the times. So then this morning I was like, ooh, maybe it's nine. You know, like, yeah. oh, wait. I was maybe. hoping for 10. Yeah, sure. But you you get my point. I'm like, oh, sure. they took one off. It's 11 games. But um, the crazy thing is, if you just take a peek at this, there are four teams on the second leg of a back-to-back -back, and then four teams on the front end of a back-to-back, -back, the Celtics being one of them. So, look, I don't know how any of this – like, the Lakers are another one that are on the front end of a back-to-back. -back. There's not really too much that we can do about that right now, Josh, because no. if they do rest players, we don't know if it's going to be today or tomorrow. But yeah, Thunder, Grizzlies, Suns, Magic on the second end of a back-to-back, -back. Celtics, Jazz, Knicks, and Lakers all on the front end. So that's eight teams today. It's not a great slate, if I'm being honest. It's it's uh, It wasn't fun to break down earlier.
it'll be way more fun to break it down with you, obviously. But we're up against it for like a good, like we we have value right now that shouldn't exist on a slate this big. Like there's no reason that Peyton Watson should be 17% owned on an 11 game slate. Now, I don't think he's going to be even remotely close to that. But it's wild that that exists out of the gate with the amount of different plays that we have today. So it's kind of gross. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of gross. Excited to talk about it. Let's dive into it, brother. We got 11 games. By the way, before we do, take a single second to tone for your sins here on the NBA Strategy Show. Subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 100K. And remember, if you're listening or watching it after the fact, always Leave a comment down below. We read them all. We respond to them. And of course, if you want to listen in podcast form, right? Maybe you don't have YouTube premium money. Close your phone. You got stuff to do. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you want to listen, we got you covered. There's someone photoshopped me into a into a picture yesterday that was really good. It was saying atone for your sins. Were you looked, were you there with Oscar the Grouch too? Yeah. <laughs> Jordan can throw it on the screen. He's got it from yesterday. It was really Not good. That one. I was cracking up. I mean, it's just straight like a, you know, desert wandering cult leader. So yeah, one of, one of those pretty good stuff though. But yeah, if you haven't yet hit that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. It goes a long way for us. And uh, we appreciate you guys very much for that. Let's talk about the Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets. All right. So uh, here, here's a, a significant one because Knicks yeah. eight point favorites against the Hornets team, by the way, that look, we, we've seen, we've seen a lot of exposure go to the Hornets and a lot of ownership go to the Hornets recently, but we've also seen a lot of ownership and a lot of exposure go to teams playing against the Hornets recently as well. Now you've got no Julius Randle for this one with a dislocated shoulder. Probably the best place to start is how to, because Hartenstein's back now, but how do we approach this Knicks team now with Julius Randle off the floor? Cause that's a pretty big development after, uh, after that shoulder injury. Yeah, so there's two people that directly benefit right out of the gate. Obviously, Jalen Brunson is going to just get all sorts of additional touches, whatever he sort of wants. We're going to get an increased usage. We're going to get an increase to an assist rate. I got him up at 33% usage, 40% assist rate for this matchup. He's just, he runs the show now with Julius Randle not around. Josh Hart has played more minutes with Julius Randle off the floor by like 200 than any other player on the Knicks. He's the next guy up. I put him in for 34 minutes. We have him in for 34 minutes. 23% owned at this moment. Now only 15% optimal. I have 18% of him. He's just a guy that's getting a big increase in his role. So to me, those are the first two guys you want to look at. Then you get into like the value plays. Quentin Grimes probably plays around 24 minutes. He's 3,700 shooting guard, small forward eligible has been better as of late 0.9 fantasy points per minute. That is not what he normally is. He's more of a 0.75 guy. He's a value play that we're looking at to start the day. Now we have him aggressively uh, negatively leveraged, but if people are already going to be playing Peyton Watson, I will happily eat the Quentin Grimes chalk for today, but he is a pretty sizable negative leverage option in our boom bust tool to start. After that, there's not a lot for me. Ananobi sort of already at the price you would expect. Maybe this is what unlocks OG Ananobi offensively for the Knicks. He wanted to get traded to a team that would give him more looks. He 
shoots less now than he did when he was on Toronto. <laughs> Maybe removing Randall lets Ananobi get his usage straight to a, a more interesting spot for him. DiVincenzo certainly gets a couple extra opportunities. I don't find Hartenstein to be all that interesting. Neither do we. 0.6 optimal rate. You'll see Miles McBride get a couple extra minutes. I don't think he's going to play enough to matter. I think the priorities here are Brunson, Hart, and Grimes, and to a lesser extent, Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, you, you look at Brunson this season with uh, with Randall, Quickly, and Barrett off the floor, and he has a 34% assist rate, a yeah. 32% usage rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just really good numbers. And 1.35 fantasy points per DraftKings points per minute. Now, that's only in 87 minutes. If you just took Randall off the floor, though, those numbers still look really good. If you just they took do. Randall off. At the assist prop on Jalen Brunson right now, heavy, heavy, heavy juice to the over seven and a half. So there's something in his ball handling, too, that needs to get bumped because that's where the market is going, at least as of right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, Randall's not a bad passing, you know, big. No, not at all. But this team, I mean, look, when it, when it all comes down to it, you're, you're also talking about not just the fact that Randall's off the floor, but also th- this is just a bad Charlotte Hornets team. Like, yes. Understandably, the total's only, what, 222 and a half, I think it is, right? Yeah. And Charlotte is 19th, I think, in pace on the season. Yeah, 19th in pace. But at the same time, they're dead last in defensive rating. So it kind of balances out. God, I hate this Charlotte team so much. I'm so happy. Like, I love that they're shitty so that I don't have to watch them. Otherwise, they would be like the first team I put on every single day since they're generally a seven o'clock start, but I'm blacked out to them. So I get lucky. There's no ownership coming in here. 2% to Bridges and Nick Richards is the high mark. I believe LaMelo is questionable. Like the highest optimal rate is 6% to Miles Bridges. The Charlotte implied total is terrible. I got two shares of Miles Bridges and that's it. Maybe something breaks with their news. Maybe LaMelo ends up out and things look a little bit different, but I think it's pretty easy to just draw a line through Charlotte. Knicks are second slowest in the league. They're the sixth best defense. If you're getting a slow team that's also good defensively, it's not going to be an easy night for you, like DFS-wise. So I don't have anything else to add for Charlotte. I I see them as mostly unplayable. If LaMelo is out, do we have to go back to Ish Smith? I mean, look, if, if nothing else... The dude shot 0 for 5, scored zero points last game, and still had 24 fantasy points in 29 minutes, right? Like, he still yeah. he still had a 12-assist game, played 29. Uh, look, P.J. Washington off the bench went nuts. I, I don't know if you saw any of that game, but they were down by, like, 600 points at halftime and started creeping back. P.J. Washington had a monster, monster game off the bench. Bridges was good. Um, all I mean, Richards was good. Most of that team ended up actually being really good from a DFS perspective. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's it was a different game. So if LaMelo sits, I, I think that would probably open some things up, despite it being a slow-paced, you know, good defensive team in the Knicks. We'll certainly be looking at Ish Smith, Nick Smith, P.J. Washington usage bump, you know, Brandon Miller usage bump. Charlotte will be f- viable at that point instead of not viable. Right, like they are right. right. They're now. not going to be at the top. No. And that was a smaller slate for sure, but they'll they'll be they'll be in play if nothing else. I assume they're the least owned team right now. Let me look. Uh, Phoenix has five percent aggregate ownership. 
Charlotte has six. OKC has nine. They're the only teams with single okay. digits. Phoenix playing their second of a back-to-back, too. Clippers, Cleveland, 225 and a half total. Mobley's ba- expected back. Going to be limited. Yeah. Yeah. He's been out for what, like almost two months at this point? Yeah, and it's, it's kind of weird. They've been uh, – they're an interesting team on off with that different combination. They're, they're a team that needs to make a trade. I thought it was going to be Donovan Mitchell getting shipped out. Maybe it still is. I don't know. A team, I don't know that, what they do. That team is built so strangely. Well, it, it, it is just weird. Like Garland became so much better than they expected, but like he doesn't fit with Mitchell. I don't mind the two bigs, but like I also think that has a ceiling. Uh, they, they need to like return. They need to turn those two, like two of those four into like a wing and a lesser version of one of those centers. Well, I mean, Garland's uh, development and kind of evolution was, you would think it's one of the reasons they got rid of Sexton, right? Who looks they had great right now, too. Yo, how about, yeah, he plays like 15 minutes and then comes out and just bends the Hornets over last game, dude. You can't, you mentioned it on Thursday. You just can't, getting that dude right is so impossible right now. It's, you just, there's no, you have no, I have no clue. It, I hate it so much. It's so frustrating. There, these, there are a couple of guys in the league that it's just you. You never have confidence in what you're doing, yeah, or that's like your dude. Yeah, Dinwiddie. Like I don't get that dude right ever. You know who I didn't get right on Friday? Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? It doesn't help that pre-lock. I can tell Eric that he's gonna score a hundred fantasy points, yep. and then he does it. Did you zero him out? No, not on purpose. No, I'm saying, were you zeroed out by the time it locked? I think so. It, it, it was either zero or like 4%. Like it was... After some late swaps. I'm almost positive it was zero, but I don't know if... No, because that, that game locked first. Um, I had zero. Every once in a while, like you right, you late swap back into like two or That's three That's what shares, I mean, yeah. The, yeah, no, I had That's zero. tough. That's tough. What about Mason Plumley today? We got 11% going to Plumley. Uh as news breaks, and I assume on an 11 game slate, a lot of the ownership we're seeing right now could look a whole lot different, but actually seemed a little bit high to me against this, this Cleveland team, 4,300, you know, chances are he plays like 22 minutes or something like that. Who? Mason Plumley. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I got him in for 21. That's what he's averaging uh, in the start since Zubats is out. Oddly enough. So is Daniel Tice. Uh, take that for what it's worth, but I don't think you're really paying the, the problem is Plumlee's like a slightly better per minute dude. Um, so like it really blocks you out to ever getting to Tice. But 11% ownership for Plumlee. There's certainly minutes upside here. And against Cleveland, you know, you maybe you lean a little bit more towards the bigs. But he just looks like a totally fine option. I think the best option you can get to here is Kawhi Leonard. 8,200, small forward, power forward. Been playing really well, plays big minutes. We got him in for 36. I got him in for 36. He's a one and a quarter fantasy point per minute guy with an MPE. That's really like all I need to see. His price tag just doesn't match like what you think his name's reputation brings, which is always interesting. But if he's 7% owned, I like him in GPPs. I don't really care at all about anything else here for uh, the Clippers. I was going to say, there's not a ton that stands out. On the other side for Cleveland, you have Mobley expected back, but at the same time, he's going to be limited, you know, low 20s. 
was it was like arthroscopic surgery on his knee. I can't imagine that he's going to be, you know, ramped up. And they already said no. it. he's going to be he's going to be limited. So, um, I don't know what what, what does that do for you know seventy seven hundred dollar Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell's almost ten k now. The Cleveland Cavs don't look all that good. This game in general doesn't look all that good compared to the all the, the ten other games that we get to talk about today. Highest owned dude is 9% to Jared Allen, which honestly feels a little high for what this slate is. He just happens to be a 1.4 DraftKings points per minute over the last 30 days. So I uh, don't think that's going to continue. We have Max Struess at 10% optimal, which must just be a function of the slate. I have a share of Levert, a share of Mitchell, and a share of Allen. We have single-digit optimal rates to everybody for Cleveland. I, this is just not a place that you want to be for DFS today. Not with 11 games. It's just... Like, again, you could always play Donovan Mitchell. You can pretty much always play any starter on any team. I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah, well, you might not have a ton to add to New Orleans either. When we, when you were talking about lowest aggregate ownership, I thought you might have said the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, only Close. Because, yeah, only because I hadn't looked at it yet. I'm saying just looking at this team when they're, you know, largely healthy, where you've got McCollum, Zion, Ingram, all of these guys, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, all of them in that like 65 to 75 K price range going up against Boston on the road. If there was not to say you ever just like X a team out, but if there was ever a spot where you're like, Hey, I'm perfectly fine. Not really getting to the New Orleans Pelicans or to a team. This definitely feels like the spot. I, plus Boston coming off of a pretty embarrassing loss last yeah. time out. I, they, that was one of those games where you look at it and you go, all right, yeah, I, I understand they were facing a, a pretty good Clippers team. They got trashed at home in that game, dude. They got beat up pretty aggressively. It was not good. It was actually them. never competitive. No. no. And uh, this one's not going to be competitive in terms of it working its way into my lineup. Got a couple shares of Brandon Ingram. Highest owned guy is 8% ownership to Larry Nance, $3,900 center who keeps starting the second half over Joe Val. Uh, highest optimal rate is 5% to Zion. So I will say it like I'll say it for a bunch of teams today. If you want to play Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, or Zion Williamson, those dudes can be in your lineups. I will probably have zero of the Pelicans. I have just a small amount of Brandon Ingram and nothing else. Uh, this is a very difficult team to get to against the number three defense and number 25 team in pace. I will say though, uh, Boston's kind of interesting today because you could see a scenario where you have no Porzingis. Al Horford's on the front end of a back-to-back, -back, so who knows what happens there. And then Luke Cornett's also doubtful to play. So a yeah. large chunk of that front court could be missing from tonight's game. Yeah, we there's basically nothing that we can say to break down the relationship between Porzingis, Horford, uh, Cornette, Cornett, and then like Mimi Escada as like the fourth dude who could who could end up being the starter depending on how this breaks right, or exactly. play zero minutes. Uh, the easier thing to say is that White, Brown, Tatum, Holiday, all very uninteresting options. We've got Holiday as a uh, pretty like solid enough leverage option. He gets to 10% optimal on the dot. We're just seeing really high optimal rates for these mid-tier price tags. If you have an MPE and you're around like 6K and you play 30 minutes, you're probably a positively leveraged dude in our model right now these guys are all five percent owned they all look the same like they do every other day if you want brown tatum holiday white go for it 
the news that breaks, whether we get Porzingis in or out, assuming we don't get Cornette, whether we get Horford in or out, the only interesting thing that will exist for Boston today is what is happening with their center rotation. And we are not even remotely close to the time where we'll figure that out. No, we're not. But that could have a massive impact on this. Like if all three, yeah. of, I don't know. I, I, I can't help but think that they, I, I can't help but think that you would say, all right, Horford, just play this one and rest tomorrow if Porzingis yeah. and Cornette are both out. Well, that's where it gets interesting. Like 22 minutes or something out of Nimi's Keda is like, it's going to be pretty good. He's a 1.05 fantasy point per minute guy. We're again, like we're seeing weird people get value and ownership so far today. He's 3,600. He's he's like 23 fantasy point projection for him is 6.4 X his salary. That's probably like the second best value play on the slate. You don't even need him to start necessarily. Yeah, that's that's true. You probably don't at, at that price point. You probably. I mean, don't. if you think Horford can, is going to play thirty, like even at eighteen, he's going to be sneaky. And all it takes is one or two fouls out of Al Horford for him to have to play more. Man, Holiday's taking a bit of a hit this year from a fantasy perspective. Though. I mean, like, I, yeah, I suppose it's to be expected. Not to say that he wasn't playing alongside Giannis last year, and Middleton was. Middleton had some extended absences last season. Yeah, he played like half the year. Yeah, so, you know, there's that. But, I mean, last season, he had, what, 29 games with – I'm just using this kind of as an arbitrary number, but 29 games with with 40-plus DraftKing points, that was over 40% of his games. This year he has eight. Under 20% of his games has he gone north of 40. So I'm not saying he can't do it because he obviously can. But it's just not necessary. It's not necessary. And and also I get that he's not, he's also cheaper than he would have been last year. He's 6,100, but yeah, the price tag has definitely changed. So much. There's, there's, it's just one of those teams where like, you can't, you can't go into it ever expecting anything. You just have to no. kind of hope that he catches the hot hand one day. Yep. That's all you can do. Same for Derek white, same for Jalen Brown. Like it's just your hope. One of those dudes is going to take over. You just hope you get the right one. Right. And when they don't, like Holiday's live for 25 fantasy points. Yeah, you're, you're praying for defensive stats at that point. That's it, yeah. Anything else for this game? Mm-mm. All right. Shall we talk Utah and Brooklyn? This is currently a pick Yes, we should. All right, well, man, Kelly Olenek. Colin I hate Sexton. this jazz team. See, this is the problem with Colin Sexton, though. I'm going to tell you right now, Josh. The problem with Colin Sexton, outside of what you and I discussed to, to start the show, is that after the really bad games where he plays like, you know, what did he play, 17 minutes that one game and 24 and 24 there, the price point doesn't really come down all that much. Matter of fact, no. he played 17 minutes with 6,600. The very next game, he shot up to 7K. I get and then that he played was facing 35 minutes. Yeah, I get, but I'm saying before he even played those 35 yeah. minutes and I get it was against Charlotte. This one's against Brooklyn. He's 6,900. So you're never really seeing that price in flux based on how he plays, because it's not like he goes on a really bad stretch and then goes on a Damian Lillard type heater. It's just every other game. So you never get the price point to really match the previous production. Yeah. And at this point he's almost seven K you're going, all right, well, what do I do with this guy? 
basically nothing today. Like if you play them, you play them. Six percent owned, five percent optimal. We only have one guy double digit in ownership. That is four K Kelly Olynyk. That's not going to exist by the time we get to the end of today. It but can't. um, you know, he is a value play to start the day. We have Chris Dunn. 8.3% to be optimal in 19 minutes. I'm starting to think that we didn't include all the games today. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not, you're not like by the end of today, we're hoping to not be playing anybody like Chris Dunn, just, you know, 20 minute a game dudes. We, we just assume that we get real value. That's actually playing as the day goes on. The guy that you want in this one is going to be Laurie Markin in 8,200 small forward, power forward, but, you know, he's 5% optimal, 5% owned. But, like, if you're going to get to something from Utah, you want it to be the best talent on the floor, and that's going to be marketing. But I don't really see any priorities. Like I said, Chris Dunn, 8.3% optimal. That's the highest optimal rate we have for anybody on Utah. We're not really creating any sort of, like, giant leverage other than Jordan Clarkson, 6,300, 2% owned. If you want to roster Jordan Clarkson, that's fine. There's just going to be, like, 50 different versions of him across the 22 teams that play on today's slate. So I don't find Utah to be all that interesting because I just don't trust anybody on the team. Well, guess who's coming back for Brooklyn? Our boy. Old Benjamin Simmons. <laughs> How quickly? Yeah. Did you get tickets yet? You can get to Brooklyn pretty quick. Yeah, can't wait to watch him play 12 minutes before tweaking his back. Can't wait. This whole team is getting owned except for him, by the way. I know. Well, you know, Utah, 22nd in defensive rating, top 10 in pace. Uh, yeah. Offensively, they've actually been, you know, middle of the road, not bad. So they do make for a good matchup for the opponent. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Claxton's a stud. And yep. Cla the, thing, the thing that you have to love about Claxton is, you know, unlike some of these other guys, that, and of course he's a center, but they just rely on scoring – he can get it done in kind of a variety of ways, whether it's through stocks, points. He's not a prolific scorer, but you see some of these big double-doubles out there where he's got like four stocks and and four assists. That adds up pretty quickly. So uh, yeah. I like Claxton. I get that that ownership is pretty high right now for an 11 gamer, but he looks good. This whole game is wild. I mean, we have 30-plus percent ownership to Nick Claxton and Cam Thomas. We're in the 20s for Cam Johnson. We have, call it 15 for Mikel Bridges, Royce O'Neal, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Not much coming in for Dennis Smith Jr., and we are not going to be getting to a $5,800 Ben Simmons. But no Dorian Finney-Smith in this one. We still don't have Dayron Sharp. There's just a lot to like here. I'm slightly over on Cam Thomas, neutral on Cam Johnson, over on Lonnie Walker, over on Mikel Bridges, neutral on Claxton, way over on Royce O'Neal at 4K, power forward only. I mean... We have Royce O'Neal in for 23 minutes, which feels to me a little light with no Dorian Finney-Smith in, but I don't have a great feel for what they're going to do. They could just go to more trend in Watford, too. Um, but I kind of like Royce O'Neal as a value option. Look, if Chris Dunn is going to get any love, then I'll happily take Royce O'Neal, too. And then Dinwiddie, I'll, I have 15% of him. The Brooklyn team is just set up where you've, you've got this mild pace up spot against Utah. you got a defense that isn't all that interesting they're consolidating their rotation they they don't really mess around these guys just get big minutes and their pricing is sort of stabilized at a point where it's a little bit lower than you would expect so i don't really have any one individual guy that i like more than the others now we are showing cam thomas nick claxton and cam johnson as like next level negative leverage plays 
I still find them pretty interesting to get to, you know, maybe you don't want all three of them in the same lineup, but you know, leave one out and you're going to be fine. Us having Cam Johnson, 5% optimal, 22% owned. That feels aggressive for a $5,100 small forward power forward guy, but maybe that's me. I took his over on prize picks today. So maybe I'm just a Cam Johnson dude. Check out the, those picks on the odd shopper channel or in my Twitter I'm just going to get to a lot of Brooklyn. I have more than the field does. Right now, the field is at 140% in the aggregate. I'm at 190. The guy that I want the most of, if we're being honest, is Mikel Bridges, 7,200, shooting guard, small forward. We saw him go crazy last week. Um, it is a little bit worse for him if Cam Thomas is getting more minutes. The more Cam Thomas plays, the worse it's going to be for Bridges. But I like that price, price matchup and position more than I like anything else for Brooklyn. But they all look good. It is kind of a weird spot, though, just looking at like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith being out because on one hand, you're talking about a guy that's a 13% usage rate player. Uh, I think he has like a 6% assist rate or something on the, on the season. Not good. No. But does his absence significantly benefit anyone outside of just minutes? I don't think so. Yeah. Not really sure how it would, right? No, it's just you're filling in playing time. And it's weird because Cam Johnson didn't play last time out, but Dorian Finney-Smith did. So you're kind of just like flip-flopping the two of those dudes and adding Ben Simmons. And I don't really know what they're going to do with that. Well, I guess the only difference here would be that if you're talking about... Yeah, I don't know. I guess you're right. I guess you're just flip. Yeah, you're just flipping them. What difference does it really make? Here's the difference between what I did this morning and what the site did. And I don't know what the right answer is. We went, they they went to a very tight eight man rotation last time out. If you want to say that they're going to add in Simmons, that makes nine. I don't think they're going to go to a 10th. We have 10. I only have nine and that's causing me to get to a little bit more Brooklyn. And what I think is causing a little bit of that negative leverage. I don't know what the right answer is at this point, but um, like Trendon Watford hasn't been in the rotation. It's possible that he just jumps in now that Dorian Finney-Smith is gone and then Dayron Sharp is out. Or is Ben Simmons just the backup center to Nick Claxton and they go to nine guys? I don't have a great feel for it, but there's something different for Brooklyn today that could be a little bit weirder if they keep it at nine. How many did you th say you think it'll be right now? I have it at nine. We have 10. Okay. I gave Ben Simmons all of the backup center run to Nick Claxton, and then I only have seven other dudes yeah i mean I, I guess it was only two games ago where you had all of these guys in unless i'm missing somebody it was it was it was eight so if you're yeah. like you're so you're saying if you add ben simmons in there's your nine yeah yeah because we are adding ben simmons in like that is absolutely happening. for sure so right. that's why you're, you're I, I, don't see simmons, Trendon Wat I don't see trend watford getting minutes if we're adding ben simmons in right okay Makes sense. Anybody else from this one? A lot going on with Brooklyn. I, I think Royce O'Neal is like the best sort of option at value, but I think his ownership is going to come up later on in the day. Phoenix at Miami, 229 and a half point total. Miami four point uh, home favorites. <laughs> so here's another one where we don't have the injury report because Phoenix is playing their second of a back-to-back. -back, but if Yusuf Nurkic ends up sitting this game, what do we get? 29 from Eubanks yesterday? Yeah, and he's then the only guy that you're playing to is Eubanks. Yeah. There's no optimal, like 3% optimal to Bradley Beal is the high mark. 3% ownership to Bradley Beal is the high mark. They're 
the least owned team on the slate. But if we do get Nurkic out, then Drew Eubanks in however many minutes you want to say he plays, what, 27, 28, whatever you go to, he's just going to be a good center value play, no matter how you project it, as long as he's the starter. Do you think he'd be in the closing lineup if it's a close game? Um, because they they pulled everybody. Probably not. They it doesn't pulled have everybody to be with two minutes left last game, and he still got twenty nine. He doesn't have to be. Like, is he more likely than most? Yeah, but they could kind of go to like a KD at the five situation there, depending on who's Gordon. at the four. Yeah. Well, I'm not not a well no, who would it be? Be Beal, Beal, Allen, Booker, Durant, and then insert whoever you want here. Eric Gordon, Kate Bates, Diop, yeah. Metu. Who is it's like a five, but not a five. Right. He does, yeah, you're right. He could close. Yeah. Uh, but right, you're not projecting the guy for 31 minutes in a spot. No, you're not. And also, even if Nurkic does sit, the problem with Eubanks is hit like he's going to rely. They're not going to be drawing things up for Drew Eubanks out there. So not so much. You're going to be relying on just all peripheral stats, which is doable at center. You know, it's fine. Like he's not going to be popular at 4,500. He's just, he goes from unowned to five to 10% owned. Right. Exactly. There's really not much for Phoenix. If if Nurkic plays, there's a good chance you just get nothing at all from the Suns. Right. I will have nothing from the Suns like I do pretty much every other night. What about from the Miami Heat? Kind of the same. Like these guys are unowned. Highest owned dude is Bam at seven percent. Highest optimal guy is either Hero or Kevin Love, also at seven percent. They're starting to get guys back. Like Hawkes came back last time out. So kind of a tricky team right now. I think you're really only looking at four names. It's Bam Adebayo. It's Jimmy Butler. It's Terry Rozier, and it's Tyler Hero. If you're asking me to pick one guy out of this team, it's Tyler Hero, sixty-seven hundred point guard, shooting guard, fantasy point per minute dude, but. I also think he's like appropriately owned at 5%. I don't find this game to be all that appealing. It's the number 22 team in pace and the number 30 team in pace. It's just kind of meh. There's a lot of meh on this one. But the ownership is telling you the same story. It's not like these are my just general opinions. 5% aggregate ownership to the Suns is the lowest number on the slate. Miami's at 21. Not exactly uh, pulling a ton of ownership. As usual, if you want to play Bam or Butler or Rogier or Hero, that's all fine. But none of these guys stand out. Tell you what isn't, man. Sleeper right now has got the $500 first match deposit bonus, Josh. Not meh at all. Very, whatever the opposite of meh is, it's and that. My ge- yeah, my guess too, though, is that you are going, we saw last week with the championship games for NFL and, and just just the NBA in general, they were giving out like nonstop discounted squares every single day. Yeah. It was like two or three a day in NBA. And then there was the Lamar Jackson free square, Christian McCaffrey there. They were just loading them up, dude. Uh, more than really any other pick site has been lately, which is huge. Taking it oh, like uh, you just, you want to capitalize on these spots as so much as you can. Like when they're giving you all of these opportunities for free squares and things, Hit every single one of them. All you're doing is costing yourself money by letting them go. It's it's the simplest thing you can do to bring down your costs to play on any one of these sites. The link's in the description. It's in chat, too. But, yeah, it's up to $500 first match deposit bonus. Um, 
And if you only have 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Like you're still doubling that no matter what it is. It's just up to 500. So if you decided that you wanted to kind of uh, take some of the Adam prize picks or, or underdog, right. And you're playing there. You're like, all right, well, I'm not ripping through my entire bankroll on these plays every single day. Things are looking good over there. Uh, and you just kind of want to redistribute a little bit of that. Make sure you get these bonuses, which you should absolutely do. Uh, links down there in the description and in chat up to $500 first match deposit bonus. You can up to hundred X your payouts. And another thing that I don't know why people don't talk about this enough, Josh, let me get on to the next game, but they have the dynamic pricing. Yeah. So like on a traditional sports book, you can go in and you can bet double doubles, triple doubles, like anytime touchdown scores, that type of stuff. Right. Yeah. On a lot of these pick'em sites, you can't do that because it's just taking spots with essentially standard juice for the most part. Um, like you were saying, the, the, the seven and a half assists on, on Brunson, you wouldn't find that. Maybe you'd find it at eight, but you're not going to find that at seven and a half on, on prize picture on underdog. They have their own great aspects to them. But the thing about sleeper is you can go in and grab a triple double. And with the dynamic pricing, now there's multipliers involved. So they're essentially like converting sports book odds into pick'em format. So now you can actually take double-double, triple-doubles and stuff where it's not standard like minus 110, 115, 120 juice. That's a huge deal when you're trying to build out these eight-leg lineups. Now, you got to be yeah. careful for sure yeah. because sometimes you can get beat up. My recommendation, uh, use the Odd Shopper tool or just check to see what traditional odds are across sports books. But that's yeah. a huge advantage to be able to be like, you know what, I really love this spot today and it's plus 250 elsewhere but I can still get the two and a half X multiplier on sleeper. That's a cool feature there. I think it's going to be streamlined or adopted across a lot of these pick'em sites sooner than later. It's, it's a great feature. It makes things a lot easier and lets people do more of what they're really trying to do. Yeah. So take advantage of the bonus, take advantage of all of these free squares and discounted squares. They've been doing link down there in the description. Jordan threw it in the chat sleeper sponsor of the NBA strategy show. Let's talk about the Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies. All right. So, uh, here's one Grizzlies second of a back-to-back -to -back today as well. Now the Kings are, what's the spread on this game? Eight point, eight point favorites on the road. Yes. Against an already depleted skeleton crew of a Grizzlies team playing their second of a back-to-back, -back. not a ton of ownership going here though. Like Kevin Herter, Barnes, Keegan Murray, eight, six and 5% respectively. There's not a ton happening with the Kings. But I do want to kind of dig into this a little bit with you only because it's, you know, they're big favorites on the road. The total sitting at 225 because Memphis isn't playing that fast. Are there spots that we can get to for the Kings and feel good about today? No, but like kind of. I mean, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis are both unowned today. Yeah, right. Like I'm not surprised by those things. All the other pay-up options around them look better. But like, would you be surprised if Sabonis just gives – Memphis, the business tonight? I certainly wouldn't. We have positive leverage on both of them in the boom bust tool. Yeah. But like, as I look at it, I, I don't really see any, it. It looks like the ownership to me. You know, highest owned guy is Kevin Herter at 8%. Highest optimal guy is Keegan Murray at 6%. This is just another game that's telling us the same thing that we've seen for so many teams. If you want to play one of the starters, you can. Most of those guys just look like 4% optimal type dudes. If that's your stand, so be it. I don't have that stand for Sacramento. I have a I have two shares of Malik Monk. That's all I've got here. 
And his minutes, he played 19 minutes the past two games. So I don't even feel great there. Memphis is ugly, man. When you take a when you take a really bad basketball team, we'll say, you know, really bad banged up basketball team. And then you run out all of these newly minted starters because they get thrust into the starting lineup or thrust into bigger roles. And then you do that over the span of several weeks. All of their price points begin to come up. And then they become wildly unappealing. Yeah. I uh, I think Luke Kennard's still questionable, right? Well, not questionable, but we don't know. We have him in. I have him out. So that will be a distinctive piece here. But we should know that by the time we get to eight. I mean, the only guy worth talking about maybe maybe you have maybe you actually have some other guys maybe Santiel Dama or somebody else but Jaron Jackson's still pretty good and this guy can rack up monster statistics across the board you know including the blocks including the threes Jaron Jackson is 8k plus though so as far as like the minutes played let's say this game does stay close can we get 35 out of him and just the overall usage on a team that has a bunch of nobodies what are you doing with Jaron Jackson putting him in 42% of my lineups right now. Okay. Yeah, he looks yeah. Good. I don't nobody else looks good for Memphis though. Is there anyone else that stands well, out? Well, I think Gigi Jackson looks great at 4200 given everything else I've seen us talk about for the first couple of games. I have him in for 25 minutes. Okay. Again, I have no Luke Kennard in. Small forward, power forward 4200. He's a fantasy point per minute guy so far this season. Now, that is on like 67% true shooting or something, but I don't have him so I don't have him projected like that. He's in 36% of my lineups right now because he's 1% owned, and that is like the craziest leverage play for me to get. But again, that's all happening because of Luke Kennard. Either way, I think GG Jackson looks like an interesting option, even if Luke Kennard is in, just because we don't have a ton of value yet. But the priority to me, no matter what happens with Luke Kennard, is getting to Jaron Jackson, who sees a giant usage bump when all of these guys are off the floor i have him at 28 real points and that is basically what his points prop is i'm surprised he's only 17 percent owned he's one of my top plays of the day the only downside is that there's another power forward center that looks a little bit better than him but i'd rather just play them both yeah he's he's now to be fair what you were saying i, I just want to be clear on this if luke Kennard does play it's yeah. really just jaron jackson yeah, I, I would imagine I would only have like, like I have, I'd have, you know, 5% random of Santi Aldama, Gigi Jackson, you know, Vince Williams. Like those guys can all show up just like I've been talking about for these other guys. I find Jaron Jackson to be a priority today. Yeah, he looks fantastic in this spot. By the way, appreciate all of you uh, hanging out and all of you who have hit that thumbs up already. 120, Josh, not bad. We, we only asked once at the top of the show. I like it. People coming through today. Appreciate you guys. Goes along. It's a way. shame we don't have a show on after this. I, I could get us way more likes. What do we say? What what is what, what am I missing? Oh yeah, you don't know my gimmick, do you? What's your gimmick? Uh so chat, plug your ears. Don't ruin this. Um, I let everybody know on the deeper dive now that if they don't hit the like button, the screen goes black for live before lock and they're not able to watch the show. <laughs> It works. Do you set like a threshold? No, no. I just tell you, like, if you haven't hit the like button yet, you're not going to be able to participate in the Live Before Lock show that's coming up next. So what? You're just telling me 
like their screen personally gets blacked out if they don't hit the thumbs up. Yeah, I had Jordan kill the screen for a couple seconds too uh, in the it's middle of last idea. week. Yeah, it's a strong idea. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Just well, yeah, put up a graphic. Some... Like apparently you didn't hit like. Do it now to see the to see That's the stream. Good. I yeah. like we've we've had some fun. we've had the just I mean think people. think about the 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 knowledge base in the twenty five hundred people that are in that deeper dive. Tricking six or seven hundred of them is pretty simple. <laughs> my, my guess, my guess is that they're just doing it because they appreciate they appreciate the creativity behind the gimmick. You don't actually think that people assume their screens are going to go black, do you? I'm guessing at least ten percent of the people listening. No, do. no. I was no. going to say a, a higher a number higher than that. Think that if you don't hit the thumbs up, they get, the stream gets shut off. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Like it's a premium feature of the stream. They have no idea. I'm, right, I'm can, very confident. Can you give me give me um give me an example of how Why you... is this guy call, calling me a dinosaur? Tyrannosaurus Josh. Uh does he mean tyrann tyrannous? Tyrannical? Yeah. Yeah, I just, it looked like, when I first looked at it, I thought he called me a dinosaur. I so knew where he was going with it. So so pitch this to me, how Anthony Marcus said I actually fell for that twice. <laughs> uh, can, can you just pitch to me how, how you do this? Like, think, let me just hear, pretend you're on the show. I want to see how. 500 people in here, 145 likes. You guys know the drill. We got a show coming up after this. And if you want to still be able to see that show, if you do not hit the like button, you won't be able to see it. You'll be, it's just, it just goes away. Black screen. It's the only way that you can unlock our future content is by hitting the like button. See, that's the, that's, that's I knew there was going to be something there that sticks. You have to have something that sticks. The only way you can unlock our future content. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I've been yeah. doing this a while. That's very good. If, yeah. if you just if you didn't hit that last part, I don't think it's as effective. But the only way to unlock our future content is to hit that thumbs up. That's pretty good. It is. So That's you can use good. that one for football moving forward next year for whatever comes up after the deeper dive. I may steal it. It's so I good, man. Look, I, I really got down to thinking, like, I wonder how we can get those likes up. And I was like, well, that's that this makes sense. Most of chat is not going to understand what I'm saying. So I should be able to just trick these people immediately into hitting the like button. Worked perfectly. I have far more affection for our viewers than you do, but it works. Why does that? Why do you why do you imply that I have no affection for the viewers? I'm just a realistic uh, evaluator of their smarts. That doesn't mean I don't like them, but. I'm well aware of the, you know, brain Mike power Parrish. going on. Mike Parrish, we are simple creatures. Well, it works. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. If you, can you bold things in chat? Because simple needs like. Dude, this is a lot something. of people. A lot of people are agreeing with. They're saying like, yeah, it got it got me. It got me. It's good. I'm telling you, it's the only way to unlock our future. That's the that is seals the deal right there. Yeah. Seals it. Oh, You're welcome. Right. Minnesota OKC. Minnesota OKC. I got another one. It's not all that interesting. Shit, man. We just got like 45 more likes right there. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, just turn the screen black. You remember when I you remember when I had Jacob blur the do the screen when I did the manscaped read? Yes. It's good, man. It's good stuff. That's fun stuff. 
Shout we out have Manscaped. fun here. Minnesota, OKC. Let's talk about this one. Uh, so the Minnesota Timberwolves, two and a half point dogs against the th- Yeah, maybe I'm misremembering. And I like I didn't follow NBA nearly as closely early in the season, just with like a million NFL yeah. games every day, right? Or throughout the week. Has OKC had any injuries all year? It feels like every single time they're on a slate, they're the clean bill of health from top to bottom. Meanwhile, the very- Memphis Grizzlies have five healthy guys on the roster. Yeah, they've they've been very healthy this year. It's been okay. good for OKC. Yeah, felt it feels that way for sure. Certain teams are just snake bit, man. It's the way it goes. Mike Conley's questionable with that nagging hamstring. We have him at eleven percent if he plays. Aside from that, though, uh, we have Nasri with a little bit of positive leverage. You benefited from early Carl Anthony Towns foul trouble last game. Um, yeah. Fortunately, because that could have been an ugly one for Nas Reed. And I did have a little bit of him in that slate. But what are we doing with the Grizzlies? Or, I'm sorry, with the Timberwolves right now? Same as basically everything else, rotating through their starters and calling it a day. You know, 9.8% optimal rate to Nas Reed is the highest of anybody here. Pretty much everybody just sitting in that 5, 6, 7% range, whether that's Edwards, uh, McDaniels, Towns, Gobert. It's, it's just another team that is not a priority for this slate and another team that I don't have a ton of like the most I have of anybody is 10% of Jaden McDaniels, 8% of Mike Conley, six of Edwards. There's just not any stands here. When you have 22 teams on a slate, a lot of the slate is just going to become like, I don't really have it or I don't really see it. And I'm in agreement with most of what we're doing here. I don't really have it. And I don't really see it. Yeah, it's true. There's not a lot here. Uh, someone said 96 K subs. What more do you want? Preferably 4,000 more additional. I, I don't I mean, 99.6 million. <laughs> Brother, that's a crazy way to look at life. That's a crazy yeah. way of being like, you know, things aren't bad, but I don't want them to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think old Warren B ever felt that way. I love that man. Yeah. Cheeseburger yeah. in paradise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, RIP there. Yeah, he kicked it, huh? But um, Warren Buffett has my favorite quote ever. Which one? Because he has many good. So does what was it? Who? Charlie Munger was his protege, right? I don't know. What's the quote? Uh, you can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. He wrote that in the 1985 shareholder letter to Berkshire Hathaway. No matter how great the talent or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. But you sure can try. Yeah. You could be Tyreek Hill. <laughs> that dude's trying to have a baby in a month. He doesn't believe it. Because <laughs> every time I look, I open up Twitter and all of a sudden one of his gals shit out another kid crazy how that happens huh and yeah. uh yeah Dwayne, we were talking about the one chip challenge the other day jordan actually pulled that for us um you really jordan you really should put some of that on the screen at some point for anyone that missed it i promise you would enjoy it good it's funny too because like you could tell was that during covid like during not early covid but i think it was like 21 where there was still a lot of restrictions everywhere no 
It, it had was to it, be before wait, was COVID. It, I was at my old before, house. Was it before, before COVID? COVID? Yeah. Yeah, I was at my old house. Oh, it was before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, we moved April 2020, and I did that at my old house. So yeah, that's I can't tell you etched, when it was after that, but that's probably etched and in, scarred into your memory for sure. I will never forget it. And that's like uh, one of those like you know where you were days. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not saying it's 9/11 here, but it's definitely <laughs> like hey, I'll it was never worse forget. for me. Moving on. Anything you like? That's true. Anything? Yes, like physically for you, that was worse. I still remember though, 9-11, walking through the cafeteria, looking up at the screen, seeing the like the lunch ladies crying, mm. and then seeing the second plane hit as I was walking through the cafeteria to health class. You never forget those type of things. We watched the second one hit in my British literature class. Crazy. I was in the hallway when I I, I was walking up the stairs in the hallway. I don't remember who told me that a plane hit one of the towers. I obviously didn't care in any way that it happened. It meant absolutely nothing to me. I didn't understand the gravity. Like to me at that point, it's just like an accident. Like why would I care about some accident that happened anywhere else on the planet? Oh, you meant you didn't know what was actually going on. No, at that point in time, like it's just, just a plane hit one of the towers. And it's just like, what? great. Like what, what do you want me to do with this? Also at no point did anyone expect for them to collapse. No, I, I mean, like, I. this was just me walking up a set of stairs on my way to my next class. Then when yeah. we started watching it, it was like, oh, holy shit, this is insane. Yeah, like this I, mean, is I was one of the 16 big... or 17. Like, it's not like I was. I had great opinions on life then. Yeah. I was in ninth grade. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy, man. It's weird that I'll be telling my kids about that. Like, they'll they'll just read about it. Yeah. And judging by the way our education system moves now, most of them will have no idea what it is ever can be interesting to see how that's taught or i mean I, I guess that's taught now but like what is the context between be, behind like why it happened and the war that we went to and things like i bet i assume that just gets taught fully incorrect in schools i hope i'm just wrong and then um i hope i'm just wrong and like i see too much stuff on social media kind of highlighting the stupidity of of our youth and it's not actually like that it's not actually as bad as it appears, but I'm um I'm pessimistic that that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. I trust oh. not. none of it matters to me. Uh, the education system is off my radar moving forward. So good that's luck. Good. Okay, Godspeed. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm gonna soon enough. I'm gonna teach my daughter. You know, I want her rattling off every president in order. Um. You know what I mean? Like I want her to be able to 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 know cool stuff about our history. So you just pay, you want to put, send her off to be like Ben's assistant for a couple of weeks? <laughs> oh, dude, I could hit you with all 45 presidents in order right now. No, Let's talk couldn't. about the OKC Thunder. No, you couldn't. Yes, I could. No, you couldn't. All right, let's do the Thunder and then let's do the Thunder. And Absolutely then... not. Am I letting you get the Thunder and then you pull up that bullshit? Uh -uh. I'll close my eyes. Hands it's behind your only, head right only, now and start going. Only if chat wants me to. I won't do it if if they if they don't want me to do uh, it. Yeah, I already see you clicking chat. I don't trust anything now. Dude, I I will I will turn the other way. I'm just saying I can do it. You but know chat wants you to do this. <clears throat> All right. Well, I don't want to lose viewers. Then start doing it and stop fucking belly aching. All right. Are you gonna pull them up? Well, I already know them. No, you don't. In order? Yeah, I, yes. You're right. free to go. 
<clears throat> Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Adams, but JQA. Uh, Jackson, Van Buren. Uh, okay, so after Van Buren, after Martin Van Buren, was oh Harrison who died after he gave a speech because he was old he never even he, he was he done after him came John Tyler and they all hated him because he's the first vice president who became president and said fuck you I'm being president right uh after him was Polk yeah Polk and then it was Zachary Taylor, he died because he ate some bad cherries. After Zachary Taylor was Millard Fillmore, then Franklin Pierce, then James Buchanan, widely known as the worst president ever. Then, of course, Lincoln, right? He died, Andrew Johnson. And then it was Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, uh, James Garfield, he got killed. Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Harrison again. Then Cleveland was president again. You want me to keep going? And then, I don't believe any of this is happening in real life right now. Have I been wrong yet? No, that's why I don't believe you. I, <laughs> I know. I love American history. I love this stuff. I love this stuff, man. So what did I say? Uh, Cleveland, then McKinley, he got killed. Roosevelt, big fat fuck Taft, and then Woodrow Wilson. Then uh, I always mess this one up. He was the real corrupt guy. Uh, Warren Harding, then Calvin Coolidge, then Herbert Hoover, then FDR, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy. Um. Oh, who 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 came in after Kennedy? That's your problem, not mine. Let me skip him. I'll come back to it. <sighs> Taking up too much time. Uh, Kennedy. And then who was it? Then Nixon. Then Ford. Then Carter. Then. Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. Ah, I always, I always forget. I always forget who it was. Uh, what a loser! Couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh you. man, somebody told me to tap out. Um, Lyndon B. Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson. There, there you go. In order. Got him. Lyndon B. Johnson is not the current president of the United States. Order Lyndon B. My Johnson, ass. right after Kennedy. Well. You didn't go in order. One, two, said forgetting order. LBJ. Dude, for some reason, I have a mental block on Lyndon B. Johnson. But I got it. I got it. We got it. He's a fake LBJ. The real LBJ plays for the, the Lakers, who we're about to talk about. Not bad, though, huh? I don't believe that you did it, if I'm being honest with you. No, I, I could give you historical facts on all of these presidents, dude. Jordan, what do you think? Do you think he was reading that? I think Jordan knows I know this because he knows I love this stuff. 
I don't think he knew all that. There's no way. Thank you. There we go. That's all I need. Are Majority you rules. Me? Zip it. Are you kidding me? Okay. Whatever. Whatever. No, I don't trust it at all. I could. This is not. I did not have the same confidence there as when Ben is like, "Here are all the state capitals of the countries in whatever the fuck." That, I trust him dude, wholeheartedly. All right, all right, you're right, you're right. I was looking at a screen while rattling off facts about Zachary Taylor dying from cherries. You're right, you're right. Or I mean, that's that's the part that I believe that you know, or, not or his Roosevelt name. Roosevelt getting shot, but his glasses case blocked it with a speech, and then he said it takes more. Now than you're just telling me store plot points from. I'm telling you that I. All right, let's let's talk let's talk about uh, OKC. Anything you actually like you're, from OKC? You're giving me Yellowstone plots, man. I watched Kevin Costner get shot. Brother, in the I chest can hit them all in saved. order, and I just did it. Nonsense! I don't I believe it. it. Jordan, I want to pull up in chat. Do, do did Laffy cheat? I don't know why anyone would think I cheated. That's such a bizarre thing to say. It's so simple to think of why you cheated. We just if watched you do it. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. We'll see. Chat will let you know. You're so it's such a proponent of chat. We'll, we'll see how well they like you. What are you, what are you doing with the OKC Thunder? I'm telling you, we all know I didn't cheat. Pretty obvious. What are you doing with the OKC Thunder? Nothing at all. They are awful. Four uh, percent ownership to SGA is the high mark. Highest, or highest owned is four percent to Shea. Four point nine optimal rate to Shea as well as the highest point. I have two shares of Shea. Add OKC to like every other team. They're like the Boston version of everything else. There's not. I don't know how you get there with any sort of priority. Oh, uh, chat. You now see the problem here. Now is that chat is answering just to hate me. That's where it gets tricky. Oh. No, because I clearly did it. Whatever. We're, we're not we're not doing it. Anyway, uh exactly. Marco said I doubt he cheated because he was pausing and thinking. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great actor. He knows what to do. He's not just gonna rattle them all off straight down the line. He's gotta add dramatic effect. All right. Thank you, That's Ronnie. You Th thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, uh Lloyd. Thank you, Marcos. Thank you, Dante. Thank you, Tim. Why are we treating Laffy like he's George Washington, man? This man can tell a lie. <laughs> and that's also not true that George didn't tell a lie. Right. Oh, it's not. I, I've gone through my entire life assuming George Washington was the most truthful man ever. <laughs> and then I watched Shane Gillis' special and found out some other things about him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Washington. We got to We got to get moving here. Washington. And uh, by the way, thank you for thank you for for bearing with us there, my friend. Also, thank you for all of the kind supporters in chat. Thank you. Which, by Why the way, do you when, know that, by the way, let's just what? say for let's say, for example, what you just did was real, which it, it isn't. Do you want to let's just say honestly, it was do you honestly? Why do you know that? Why, why do I know it? Yeah. Truthfully, I saw the Shane Gillis and Louis C.K. did the, the podcast, the president's podcast together. Yeah. And like, it just kind of reinvigorated my interest in our history. So I just was like, this is awesome stuff, man. And I, I just started digging in and listening to so stuff. you just rain man the list and just started like reading it before you went to bed every night to make sure you got it in order? No, I just, I mean, it didn't take that long, but yeah. Yeah. Plus it's only 45. Well, 46, it's technically 45 because Cleveland was twice. 
There's only one that matters, and that's the Don. <laughs> Yo, he might he might be twice. He might he might join old Grover Cleveland as a two-time non-consecutive. Wouldn't that be something? He's had a lot of non-somethings in his life that sound like consecutive. Sean Geezy, what's up, Sean? Dude, Sean, Hall. this might be the, the biggest Hall of Fame. He might be the most recurring Hall of Fame. He's like Grover Cleveland times 48 for our Hall of Fame. Not a soul uh, on the planet that knows what that means. Grover Cleveland was about two, $10 super chat. No way he cheated. He was adding commentary in terms of what led to the next president and at each turn goat. Sean, I knew I loved you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. He just called uh, you one of the Muppet babies. Nah, Sean's just a stand-up guy. Washington and San Antonio. Don't be salty because I, I did what you thought I couldn't do. Why Don't did like they, they gave Grover Cleveland a city too? Oh my god. At least they gave <laughs> he must have been like I, I guess that was like the best they could do for him. They gave him Cleveland, Ohio. I think he was also married to like a 22-year-old. Okay. That's so, I mean, smart. credit, credit where credit's due, right? Yeah, that's good. That's the that, I mean, that number is a good one, at least. All right. So can you talk about Washington before we go yeah. to San Antonio? Because I, I really want to get into the San Antonio side of this one, only because we just saw women Yama play 30 minutes and now things are about to get interesting. But yeah. on Washington, is there anything that stands out to you? Not really. They look a little like this matchup. 29th in defense, 24th in defense, number one and number two in pace. You feel better getting to pieces of this game. But nobody's just jumping off the page. Kuzma's 8% optimal. Tyus Jones is 8% optimal. Daniel Gafford is 8% optimal. They would be the first three guys that I'm looking at. I don't see anybody that you want to go crazy getting to from Washington, but the game environment itself lends you to want to like have more shots or like more bites at the apple. Yeah. Sports whiz, does Lafay ever forget his wife's birthday or special dates? You have no excuses now. <laughs> That's a problem. Could be Travis. Hey, Lafay, do you mess with Dan Carlin's hardcore history? Also, I don't think you cheated. Brother, Super Chat's coming in just to say they don't think I cheated. These people. It's in Canadian money. That's not even real legal <laughs> tender. I can name every Canadian prime minister in order, too. I couldn't name one. I'm, cho I'm joking. I can't do that. Nor do I have interest. Uh, um, I didn't. Appreciate no. you, Travis. I do sometimes. Yeah, that's fun stuff. I just, uh, history's fun. More American history for me than anything else. Um, what are we doing with, what are we doing with San Antonio when it comes to, when it comes to Victor Wembanyama? Because you're playing the living shit out of that 35% right now. Yeah, I have 58. I have him in for 30 minutes. We have 29 and a half. He's projected like Giannis, but he's 8,900. Like it's, what are you supposed to do with something like that? He's just incorrectly priced. Victor Wembanyama over the past 30 days is at 1.86 fantasy points per minute. This is the simplest thing that you can do. What Minutes limit, no minutes limit, it really doesn't matter. He's just one of the better plays today because he's facing Washington. He's basically a 1.85 guy today. That's a high, like, what do we, do you have, do you have the projections in front of us? I, actually, I can get to it quickly. I got it. Yeah, I got it. We have... We have Giannis at 58 and a quarter. We have Wemby at 54. We have AD at 54. Like Victor Wembanyama has the same positional designation, the same projection as Anthony Davis, but he's $1,100 cheaper. I don't know what you do to get away from this dude. As long as he is in today, he's 
by default, no matter what news we get, one of the best plays that you can get to and will be a huge priority for me. Play him aggressively. You kind of have to, right? I mean, yep. it's, it's, it's really tough not to want to get there. Not only has he seen his minutes increase, not only is he a monster permanent player, but he also has one of the best matchups in the world. Like the second worst defense in, in basketball right now and the team that plays at the fastest pace. How do you and sub 9K on DraftKings? Yeah, it's uh, there's no negative associated with him. It's 33% usage. It's a, close to 20% assist rate. It's a 20% rebounding rate. It's probably a 20% block rate at this point, too. Like His this guy's block rate just, is ridiculous, dude. It is. It, he's He's exceptional. He's exceptional. I don't. Anybody that's going to try to talk you out of Victor Wembanyama against the Wizards today, like, there's not a single fact that you can bring to the table for this one where it makes sense. He's just awesome. He's going to be 10K once this minutes limit thing is done, but like by default. Oh my God, yeah, dude, are you kidding me? Yes, if if Wembanyama was playing 35 minutes a night, like if he was playing legitimate starters minutes, he's he's the best fantasy player on the, in the league. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to extrapolate that across thirty five minutes. Like, well, I guess you here, could, here's why but... I say it because he's if as long as he has power forward eligibility, that's if he plays point. the same amount of minutes as Embiid, he's a better a play than Embiid. Yep. What about Embiid? The Sal... Embiid is the competition here, but if he's center only, that changes things. If Wemby's center big, only, big. then you still feel better about Embiid. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, Sohan, Devin Vassell, any other guys stand out? It is a good matchup. Yeah, uh, Vassell's 10% optimal. Sohan's just behind that, but 10% owned. Trey Jones is right around that mark as well. I think all three of those guys can be worked in. You just want to get pieces of this game because both of these teams are so bad defensively and they play so quick. There's so many possessions here. It all comes down to how are the offenses? Because their offenses are both shit. 27th and 25th at dunks and threes. It's possible that all of these extra possessions and good defense or uh, like all these extra possessions but bad defense just leads you into missed shots so that could just be a good thing for the bigs on these teams from a rebounding perspective but i just kind of want a bunch of this game the only guy i want all things for is wemby yeah and it's some talk and chat about like his ceiling being limited and stuff well you know you're not Giannis is 11-4. If Embiid was on this slate, he'd be 11-6. Doncic, of course, without Irving, we're going to get there. 11-8. Jokic against Milwaukee, 11-3. Sabonis, 10-2. SGA is north of 10K. I mean, honestly, if you're looking at SGA, who's, don't get me wrong, he's been fantastic. But at 10-1, I know he's playing fewer minutes, but on a per-minute basis, Weminyama's just been markedly better than almost anybody, as you pointed out. Yeah. If you're getting 30, who knows? Maybe he even plays like 31 minutes in a game like this. You have a tough time not wanting to do that against Washington. So, yeah, maybe he's not getting to 100 at a Joel Embiid or Luka Doncic style, but pretty good spot. Yeah, like good spot. 65 is your goal for Wemby today? Yeah. Like where you're like, okay, that dude's just in winning lineups. Right. I mean, that's that's not all that crazy. Anything you like from the uh, Lakers-Houston side of this next game? Lakers one-point favorites, 230-and-a-half-point total here. Highest owned guy on the Lakers is 6% to AD. He's also the highest optimal rate that we have at 8.5%. I have no problem getting to AD or LeBron, but like the moment you put AD in the lineup, you're like, okay, well, that's just a, a Wemby pivot. I'm going to pay up to be contrarian for this one. 
that's all you're doing here with the Lakers. Uh, there's no opt like five to ten percent at most of anybody that you're looking for here. Uh, Jalen Green coming off a fantastic game last time out. Really, really solid game last time we saw him. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, two games out, right? Yeah, two games. 36 and 10, 28 minutes ended up being a blowout. Would have been a much better game. He's coming in around 16%. What do you think about him and the rest of Houston? Solid. Um, kind of just feels like every other team that we talked about that has like decent starters, like very Boston adjacent. Like we have Jalen Green projected for 16% ownership. We also have him 5% optimal and a negative 10 leverage score. So what we're really looking at is in and around 5 to 10% optimal on Alperin Shengun, Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, Jabari Smith, and Jalen Green. I think like Fred Van Vliet probably feels the best out of this one. Brooks is there at guard forward. You know, he's a 0.75 guy now, which isn't all that exciting, but you are getting the minutes and you are getting the positionality. But it, it, it looks so much like so many of these other teams where it's grab a starter if you want to. You can't prioritize any of them. Two games to go. You ready? Do it. Let's do it. Uh, oh, by the way, Sims all access, Josh. People asked. The people asked. We answered. So, hey, I can only do, you know, one sport, Sims package, all the tools for one sport at a time. No longer. If you're looking to get access to every single sport for Sims, you're and it's not, by the way, this isn't just like football and basketball. Baseball's coming up. Uh, PGA, MMA, all of them. All of them. Link in the description and in chat if you wanted to check. The Sims tool has been absolutely dominant lately. Uh, we had our, Tommy, who runs our written stuff, took down 113K last week. Steve, who was foundational in building the Sims tool, won the Millie last night on some of the craziest circumstances I've ever seen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Like the kneel down cost him 0.3, but he won by 0.1. Didn't have McCaffrey at a skinny stack Brock Purdy with Ayuk. And the guy behind them had McCaffrey, didn't have Purdy. McCaffrey didn't get the last three carries. Mitchell did to run the clock out and kill those timeouts for the that was insane, dude. I, I followed that down to the final second. He didn't, apparently. No? What did he go to no, sleep? I no, I guess his like kid was playing with his phone and stuff, so he didn't even know. That's crazy. I wouldn't want to know that shit. No, I I know. He takes, but, uh, he takes two extra steps back to take that kneel, and I throw myself I off got, the top of my house. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, for every sport, and here's the kicker, though. If you, if you decide you wanted to do this, if you're rocking the stochastic avatar, whether you already are or you want to, you're getting a huge discount every month in perpetuity, not just the first month. Every month that you have it, you're getting a massive discount. You'll see it. Click the link in the description or in chat if you're interested. And if you just wanted to check out the lineup generator for NBA, I know Josh, um, you know, always talks about, like he exalts the virtues of the NBA lineup generator for somebody yeah. that's maybe working with a smaller bankroll or, or playing fewer slates, fewer, fewer lineups. That That's like the best entry level tool that you could possibly find. It's, it's the easiest thing for you to use. And it's the best thing that you're going to be able to use because the nuts and bolts of it behind the scenes are, you know, simulations and us grading out lineups for you. And then you're just a couple button clicks away from just having it and either, you know, manually entering your eight or nine guys or just exporting it to CSV and importing it directly. The, the amount of time it takes you to get a lineup, like a high quality lineup out, like what, 30 seconds? 
you can't really beat that at all. You're not going to find anything better. And it's already been curated for you. That's the better part. Yeah. And upload the CSV. It's optimized for mobile. You can, you can get rid of the lineups you don't want. Keep the ones you want. See all your exposures afterwards. Very cool stuff. Anyway, guys, either of those you're interested in, uh, links in the description and in the chat. Let's talk about Orlando plus four against the Mavs. 229 point total here. We can kick it off with Orlando, but you know, obviously Kyrie Irving already being ruled out and having some questionable guys there makes that a unique circumstance once again for Dallas. On the Orlando side, though, I guess the only question mark here is the back-to-back, does Markel Fultz play? Yeah, and I don't even know how much it's going to matter other than you'll be a little bit more interested in getting to Jalen Suggs at 5,100. But if Fultz is in, this is the same story we've been telling. 6% optimal to Franz Wagner. Uh, 3.9% ownership to John Isaac. There's no love coming into Orlando. They're like, this isn't like a a great pace matchup or anything. Good defensive matchup. You know, Dallas isn't very great defensively, but Orlando's getting everybody back too. So you're seeing their rotations like stabilize again. I have two shares of Jalen Suggs, two shares of John Isaac. Unless we get faults out, that's the only way that you're going to find Orlando all that interesting. All right. Well, what about with Irving out? Oh, and I I should point out maybe... uh... Some of it matters. Dante Exum's questionable. Derek Jones, questionable. Dwight Powell, uh, questionable as well. But Kyrie Irving's already been ruled out. Luka yeah. Doncic, super expensive, but it's still Luka Doncic. And, you know, if, you, if you're paying for one of these guys, he tends to make a lot of sense, Josh. He's just so fucking good. You know, even last game, it's like, all right, 28 points coming off a 73-point game. Mind you, second of a back-to-back but still dropped 76 because he had a 28-10-17 triple-double. It's yeah. ridiculous. Wish I could have got him for the other one, you know? The 73-10-7 anyway. game? Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, what I didn't see was uh, noted uh, terrible betting expert, in quotes, Alex Caruso, just throwing out more utter garbage on a day-to-day basis. He... uh he was smashing the under on Luca. If I would have seen that, I would have immediately lock buttoned him because that dude is death to anything good. Um, unfortunately, I didn't it. see it till after. So then I knew I was cooked. He had the balls to run it back the very next day with uh, under on Luca. Yeah. He's going to step in shit eventually. What do you, uh, what do you, I mean, just with Luca though, like I said, some of this injury news could affect other players. Yeah. But, we already know that we already know what is or isn't impacting Luca and Kyrie Irving's absence absolutely does. Best payup option on the slate? Absolutely. I got 28% right now. We haven't projected for 17% ownership even at 11.8. It's massive. It's massive everything. He does he he runs the entire show for everything. Scoring, rebounding, assists, it's all Luca. And that's cool with me. He is the guy that I'm getting to as a payup. He's the only guy I'm getting to with any sort of volume as a payup other than, you know, Wemby at 8,900. The injury news will only open up value from Dallas. It's not going to change the output of Luka Doncic. With no Kyrie Irving, just get what you can. Anything else? Uh, or, or is this just a spot? Tune into the Deeper Dive Strategy Show. Wait if there's any other news for Dallas. It's, it's you know, like if Exum is out, you start bumping up guards. If, you know, Maxi somehow ends up out and you start bumping up, you know, like Dwight Powell, who I think is actually probable for this one. None of it's good. None of it's good. But we need the news. Feel comfortable taking Luca. that's for sure. Pretty simple, yeah. With Milwaukee, man, it's funny how 
You look at Giannis now, 2% ownership. Damian Lillard certainly has an impact. I'm not saying he doesn't, but, you know, it was always like, the, uh, not even going to lie. 1.8 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days for Giannis. What's that? 1.8 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days for Giannis. 2% and, owned today. And still 2% owned, yeah. The Kyrie Irving absence is going to move the needle quite a bit there. Wembenyama at 8,900 for sure. But yeah, yeah. like we, we pretend that Giannis has just kind of disappeared into the void. Guy's still pretty good. Very, very. That said, I don't have any. I had a bunch on Friday. It didn't work out for me as my Luca pivot. Don't know what you do here. 6% ownership to Chris Middleton is the only guy getting any love. He's 7% optimal. 6,500 guard forward eligibility, but this is the number 28 team in pace in Denver. They're certainly not like a bad defensive team by any means. You're playing at elevation. Like I'm, I'm good not getting to Milwaukee. That's not to say that Giannis can't get out there, go out there and be Giannis, but it's really hard to spend 11-4 on Giannis when you can get the same projection for 8,900. Exactly. Makes it difficult. Well, and on the other side, you have you have Jokic, and Jokic is only pulling eight percent today. Yeah, look, it's that center only, tough to get to. Good matchup. Milwaukee plays very fast, and the defensive rating is not all that ideal. I actually have a lot of Denver. Got a pretty big stand on Aaron Gordon as a GPP option. Jamal Murray is eleven percent owned. I have twenty. I'm over the field on Reggie Jackson. Um, we are projecting. Peyton Watson was 17% ownership. I ran away from that pretty quickly, just turned it into Reggie Jackson. But I like MPJ at 5% owned. I like getting to Denver here at home against Milwaukee in a really nice pace-up spot, and I'm getting to the starters. It's 25 of Gordon, 20 of Murray, 15 of KCP, 15 of MPJ. Light on Jokic, but I'm not surprised by that. I find Denver to be very good as a late-night hammer tonight because they're at home and because of this matchup against Milwaukee. Could be Travis. Was this show supposed to be one hour? Wow. I didn't know we were going to talk about presidents. You asked for it, brother. You I, asked. I didn't know you were going to cheat while you did it. <laughs> the people have spoken. The people have spoken. And I've seen the people it. speak before, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, by the way, hit that thumbs up or the screen goes blank. Hey, by the way, dude, 228 likes. They wanted to make sure they see the show after this. You guys are the best, man. You guys are the best. We appreciate you for sure. This has been fun. We'll be back tomorrow talking basketball, 11 games. You're on with Eric, I think, tonight, right? I am indeed. And Greg and Matt, I think, live before a lot? No idea. Okay. Jordan says yes. I only know what I do. That's okay. Diablo Biscuit, I come for the sports talk and stay for the American history lessons. Hey, all right. Maybe we'll, last last week it was sneezing while driving. Yeah. Try not to look like a bitch. And today, the president's, what in the world will come next? Stick around tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern on the NBA Strategy Show. We'll see you there, folks. Peace.